Good morning, family.
We declare it, Lord.
change my life, Lord, it's who you are. You're mending hearts, Lord, it's who you are. It's who you are. So we sing it together, church. Because he is always at work, amen? Even when I don't see it, you're, come on. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop never stop work, come on, even when I don't see it, you're working, even when I don't feel it, you're working, come on, I don't know what you're facing, but you gotta say this, and you gotta sing it, come on, even when, come on, even when I don't see it, come on, even when, even when, I know it, Lord, I know that you're at work in my life, come on, he never stops.
Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. You are the way maker. You are the miracle worker. And God, more than that, you are the way. You are the truth. You are life and life to the full, God. And we have access to that right here in this moment, God. We thank you because we don't have to wait until we die to be in your presence because you are right here, right now in this place, God. You are here mending broken hearts, God. And that is why we worship you because of who you are, God. Thank you for granting us the knowledge to know who you are. Thank you for being a God of invitation, a God who welcomes us into his presence, God, because we know that we've sinned by the things we've done and by the things we've left undone. But God, you look at us and you see the righteousness of Christ through the sacrifice you did on the cross because you took on flesh and you said, I know that humans messed up. I know that they are broken. But I love you so much, he said, that I am going to suffer the most excruciating, humiliating death for you. You said that, God. You didn't count equality with God as something to be grasped, but instead you emptied yourself and you humbled yourself. We thank you, God. Help us to walk in a way that models your humility. Help us to live in a way that models your love. God, make us a people marked by your peace by your patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, God. Holy Spirit, continue to fill each and every one of us, God. Thank you so much for who you are and what you are doing. It is in your precious, holy, powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, you may be seated. Oh, man. Can we give it up real quick for our wonderful worship team? Like, were y'all in heaven? When, when that last song happened, like, man, there's something about being here just Sunday mornings that just, even before I've had my first cup of coffee, this is, there's energy here. There is life here. And I'm just so glad to be here. Yeah, and you can tell whenever he hasn't had his coffee. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, man. But hey, guys, uh, as some of you know, my name is David. I'm the youth director here. Yeah, mic is on. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Chris. Um, I'm a youth leader here. Yeah. Yes, and we're so excited to be here this morning. As you guys saw on your way in, there's like a huge canopy thing with a bunch of tables. Uh, it's really hard to miss. We did that on purpose, just so you know, uh, because we're so excited to talk to you about the Christian education class signups that are going on. Chris, you and I did a class a little while ago with uh, Mama Cully over here, Christine Cully. Cully. Yeah. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, real quick, shout out. Okay. No, but, um, no, we honestly got together at her house, right? Mm-hmm. This is a very um, intimate thing. You know, we were around the table. Um, we always had something to eat, you know, mm-hmm. somehow. Um, but we were going over stuff, you know. And, you know, I, I, I got to admit, you know, a few of these things um, were well to my knowledge, but they were never <clears throat> expounded upon with other people, you know. And I thought just talking about deep things like this, uh, you know, some things that – because I – I, I got to be honest, guys, I get most of my uh, doctrination uh, from just looking at Bible studies on YouTube, if I got to be completely honest. But, man, just talking about it with other people instead of just mm. contemplating it myself was very life-giving and mm. not only very intellectually stimulating, but it was, it was like, wow, there's other people that want to know this mm-hmm. much about the deepness of God and the, and the intricacies that he is, you yeah. know? Um, but it was really nice for me in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. You? And I remember there were some days, like, like I remember especially the first day, we were all talking about when we gave our lives to Christ. And it felt for a minute like 
we were all just sitting there in tears, just so in awe of what God is doing. And I remember um, uh, Christine and I were just talking about this outside. There was one night where we all had a prayer request, and they were all so heavy. And we sat there for a little bit, just silently crying together, saying, we don't know what to do, but God, we know that you do. And it was just one of those moments where it's like, this is what it looks like to mourn with those who mourn. That experience that we had, which, by the way, this was not too long ago. This was a few months ago. It was, yeah, it was a few months ago. Um, That experience was life-changing, and that's something we want to offer to you guys. If you don't know what it's like to be a part of a community that will mourn with you and celebrate with you, that wants to grow with you and help you grow, then you can change that starting today by checking out those tables over there. We have a lot of great classes, and also we have a relationships conference coming up soon, Saturday, February 5th, which is very exciting because, you know, many of you are in relationships. Many of you want to be in relationships. No matter where you're at, we all could learn something, and I'm so excited about that. Yeah, and honestly, it doesn't even have to be – you could show up single and be like, I'm trying to learn about relationships because this is more than just – partner thing yeah you know for sure it's like it's like a relationship thing i'm pretty sure all you guys have friends so that's <laughs> exactly what i'm saying we should probably all go all right and then um we are actually yeah yeah and then we're actually um going to be having a parents night out on january 28th from 5 9 p.m so parents if you guys have kids which of course you do because you're parents <laughs> um I would go, I would go, I would go and uh, do, I would take advantage of this night, really. It's more um, of the church giving of our resources to you, know, your, our child care to you, just so you can have a night out, mm-hmm. you know, with your partner. Um, we're we're going to be taking care of them from 530 to 9 p.m., um, yeah. simple as that. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic event for everybody. And also the 29th, that's this coming Saturday, we have our youth rummage sale. Church, Ooh. you've been blessing my heart so much just by giving so cheerfully, like, like, I haven't gone to the gym in a week because I've been working out every single day here trying to get these donations put away and stuff. Like, His you guys have been full. blessing my heart and my cardio, your for is, real. Your heart is full, and so is the room. For real. Yeah. Uh, but seriously, it's going to be a great rummage sale if you want to come and just support the youth. We're trying to raise money to get them to IYC. I know that's where I experienced life change. That's where Chris and I really started to connect, and here we are still spurring each other forward. That was, what, five, six years ago? Yeah. Gosh, we're old. Um, <laughs> but for real, we're so excited for that. Be here on the 29th, uh, beginning at 7 a.m. Saturday here at the mall. And if you're lucky, we'll sell you some of your own stuff back to you. <laughs> um, but other than that, church, um, we have so many other wonderful things going on. Uh, so if you don't have the NBC ABQ app, uh, you need to get it. You are missing out if you don't have it already. Find me, find Chris, find Robert, find uh, you know a person that looks like they know what they're doing with phones and stuff, and we will do our best to help you yeah. get that on your phone. Also, don't forget our website, NBCABQ.com, especially forward slash events. That's where we have all of our events. So, yeah. Um, and, I got something to say about that really mm. quick. Um, <clears throat> I was thinking about saying this, but um, you know, now I'm here, and I'm totally going to say it. So... <laughs> Uh, there was a person specifically, and they were of elderly age, and um, they really, really wanted to be a part of the life, uh, life of the church, and they were asking me, hey, how do I download the app? But they brought me over to the corner, and they, they literally asked me because I'm kind of embarrassed to, like, ask people, and, you know, like, you seem like a loud guy, and uh, you seem like you, you know your technology or whatever, so I just wanted to ask you guys, I'm telling you right now, um, I know there's probably more people like that here. You know, and if don't you're embarrassed, embarrassed, don't, don't, don't be embarrassed, you know, like literally come up, you know, yeah. it's like, we're living in a new age where I don't even know what's going on on Twitter the next What's day. The you know what I mean? What's the metaverse, bro? What the Yeah, heck? what is the metaverse? Like <laughs> NFTs? I, no, literally like, like we don't know the world is constantly changing. Yeah, yeah. 
We don't know. The world's constantly changing. So if you are struggling with downloading an app on your phone, don't be afraid to reach out. You know, don't be afraid to say, hey, that's me, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But hey, can you help me do this? You yeah. know, because very, I find things very, very accessible from the life of the church through the app. Mm-hmm. You know, tithing. I do it through the app. It's, it's simple. And yeah. that's actually what we were talking yeah, about. And speaking of which, yeah, we still have our tithing boxes up in the back. So if you want to give like that, go ahead and feel free to do so. We have text to give still and also NBCABQ.com forward slash give. Again, church, thank you so much for your continued faithfulness, for your generosity. Seriously, not only are you blessing the work that you do, but you are seriously blessing my heart because we have such a wonderful family here at New Beginnings. But other than all that, you know, Pastor Richard's been in a series talking about vision, and I'm just so excited to hear what he's got for us today. This man is so great at cracking open the word. I swear, when he gets to heaven, Paul's going to be like, hey, Pastor Richard, can you help me understand this passage in Leviticus? I I don't get it. So why don't we welcome our senior pastor to the stage as he shares God's word with us. If your kids are not coming to youth, they're missing out a lot. David in the black sweater is our youth minister, and Chris is one of his leaders there. They do an amazing job every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Then they have a lot of other activities, like this Friday night. They had a movie night. Kids came out and had a lot of fun. It's just a great time. Guys, I have been doing this series talking about vision, and last week I was talking about how important it is to have a united church, that we not backbite each other, that we work together, we really encourage each other, and have a really strong congregation. Our vision here at church is to reach up, reach in, and reach out. Reach up to the Lord, to really get connected with God, to stay connected with God. Reach up in worship and reading the word and studying. That's why we have classes, for you to be able to develop your spiritual life and deepen it, to not be weak, but be able to be strong. Then to reach in, reach in as a body, reach in for your strength and your your help, but also to reach into each other and help each other and, and minister to each other and bless each other and pray for each other and just hold on to each other. And then to reach out to a lost and dying world to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, when we have a united church, we become this family. We become this united force. And today I want to talk about what that united force does to reach the lost. When we are united as a church, We really impact the lost and dying world. We draw people to the Lord. And I want to talk about being a family because we are a family and we are a church. There's only one church in the whole city of Albuquerque, and that's God's church. Amen? There's a lot of congregations, but there's only one church. And there's only one church in the whole world. Those that are part of the body of Christ, those that are given their life to Jesus Christ, and they now are a part of the body of Christ. But we as a congregation want to impact our city, impact it by touching lives, impact it by changing hearts. In the Gospel of John chapter 15, verse 12, it says, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way that I have loved you. In chapter 17 of John, in verse 9, he says, my prayer, this is Jesus, and he's praying in the garden, and he says, my prayer is not for the world. So he wasn't praying for the whole world. He's saying, I'm praying for these that you've given me because they belong to you. He was talking about the disciples, the 11 that were left, that he's saying, God, strengthen them. I'm going to be leaving this world, but man, God, you need to strengthen them. 
jumping down to verse 11 of chapter 17, he says, now I am departing from this world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as you and uh, as we are. He's saying, I want them to be one. God, I'm leaving. I'm going back to you. But Father, you need to empower them, strengthen them, encourage them, build them up because Lord, it's tough down there. It's tough here on earth. If you jump to verse 20 and 21 of John 17, he says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That means he even prayed for us because we're the ones that have believed because of the disciples' message because it just goes on and on and on and on. And then he says, verse 21, I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. So Heavenly Father, I pray you really grab a hold of our heart to understand the importance of unity, not just for a congregation and us as a people here in New Beginnings, but the importance of unity to reach the lost. Why it's so important, Father God, so that the lost will come to know you and have everlasting life. I pray this in Christ's name, amen. There's 12 things I want to run through, 12 things that I really believe that God is saying the importance of unity, why it's so powerful, and why you and I can really show a lost and dying world the power of God through unity. And the first thing is this, our unity with other believers is proof that we're saved. When you can't get along with other believers, you better question your salvation. You better question if you're really walking with God. Because let me tell you something, when God has transformed you and God has changed your life, you now realize that you are part of a great army, you're part of a great body, you're part of his church, and you and I are one, we're brothers and sisters. We're part of the church of the living God. We're part of a movement that is transforming this world. In the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, he says, so now I am giving you a new commandment. And he says, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Then he goes on to say, for your love, your love for one another will prove, it's going to prove to the world that you're my disciples, that you are saved. See, when you really reach out to this lost world, you're going to show people that you care. You're going to show them that you've been transformed. You're going to show them you're no longer selfish, but you're selfless because you want to reach other people. You want to impact them the way you've been impacted. You you want to share with them what's been shared with you, and you want to touch their life. And it's important that we stay united because when we do, people start seeing like, wow, man, you guys are different. You guys really have a oneness. You all seem to get along. We don't always get along, but guess what? We still get along. I have five other siblings. One passed away, so I have four other siblings, three older sisters and a younger brother. And I want you to know, we all get along great. We very seldom ever fight, but guess what? We have. Because you know what? We don't always get along and agree with every single thing. 
But you know what? We still love each other and we're committed to each other. And that's what the church of the living God does. We might not agree on everything, but we sure come together to be one. Amen? The second thing it says, the second thing we need to do is that the Trinity is a model of our unity. We need to understand that the Trinity is a model of our unity. We see God. There's only one God, but we see his personalities. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We see what he's all about. We see what how he demonstrates himself to us. Look, I'm a son. I'm a father. I'm a brother. I'm a husband. I'm a friend. Now, I'm not five people. But I have these five manifestations of the different people that I am within me, the different responsibilities, the different personalities I have. And we need to understand that that is God. God is the creator of everything, the universe, the, the earth, and everything on it. God has created this all, but then he wanted us to come to understand his message of salvation. He wanted us to understand why he came to this earth. He wanted us to understand what it's all about. So he ended up saying, look, I'm going to take the form of man and go down to earth to show them that the Bible could be lived out, that you could literally do it. And so he took the form of man and he left his celestial power aside. Even though he was fully God, he didn't pull any strings and draw on any powers. He just trusted God. He believed in God and God showed himself through Jesus. Then he said, I've got to leave. I'm going to die and I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to be with you, Lord. But since I'm going to leave, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. The presence of God is going to be among us forever. He's going to live in our life if we choose to receive him. And we say, Holy Spirit, come into my life. Lead me, guide me, instruct me, convict me, encourage me, anoint me, empower me. And the Holy Spirit comes into our life. And so God is now with us 24-7, taking care of us, watching out for us, providing for us, leading, guiding, instructing us. And so this shows a model of the power when we work together. There's great power in the Gospel of John chapter 17, verse 11. He says, now that I'm departing from the world, they are staying in this world, but I am coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me your name. And now protect them by the power of your name. And then look what he says, so that they will be united just as you, we are one. He says, I want them to be one. I want them to be just like you and I, Lord. We are united. The way we are, I want them to be. I want them to follow our example. The triune, the triune, the trinity is the bonding of God's presence of his full manifestation. And I want to be manifest. My Holy Spirit wants to manifest through the believers that are on earth. When you and I come together and we do great things together, man, let me tell you something. We impact the lost and dying world. But we don't always work together. And that's what he's saying. I'm praying that you guys start working together, that you really work together because you really change a world that needs Jesus. The third thing we need to look at is that Jesus prayed that we'd live in unity, that we'd live in unity, not just exist. No man is an island. There's some people that isolate themselves. There's people that don't want to get uh, in any association with anyone. 
Sometimes because they're hiding stuff. Sometimes they don't want accountability. Let me tell you something. God says, I want you to live united. I want you to be a part of each other because great things are going to happen. And I'm praying that you live in unity, that you understand the power of unity, and that you embrace unity. Because let me tell you, when you embrace unity and it embraces you, you change a lost and dying world. We change a community. In John chapter 17, verse 21, he says, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. He's saying, I want them to be in unity. I want them to be doing things together. I want them to trust and, and believe and lean on each other and trust in you. And then we go on to the fourth thing that happens with unity is that God shares his glory so that we'll be unified. There's not just one guy that's out front, one woman that's out front, one person that shines more than the other. Let me tell you something. When the body of Christ is honored, the whole body is honored. And when the body hurts, the whole body hurts because we're part of each other. So when a church, a congregation does something great in a city, we should all rejoice. Our church has been doing a lot of stuff. Just like this Friday, we do, we, we gave out over 10,000 pounds of food. We had 30 volunteers here. And you know what was so amazing? I had just come back from a funeral and I'm seeing all these people and I'm greeting everyone and saying, what's up, how you doing? And I looked and man, almost the majority of the volunteers were all 65 years old or older. And they were going at it 100 miles an hour and I'm like, look at these dudes, man. Pa que veas. Como el dicho, like the saying, este gallo todavía pica. That this, this, this rooster still has some bites. They were out there going, 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 going. And then I looked and I finally saw someone that was 40 and 30. And I'm like, mira, we have a few youngins here too. <laughs> but you know what? It was an amazing thing that was taking place. They looked like little ants working, 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 working. Because they bring all this food on pallets and they put it all on the sidewalk out there. And then they have to put it in boxes. So we have some people on the inside making the boxes. Then they form the box and then they start loading the box and... It's an amazing feat to watch. So if you could ever help, it's always on the third Friday of the month. And they, we could always use your help. But the blessing, God shares his glory. Everyone's glorified. It's not just one person out there. They go, wow, man, New Beginnings is awesome. Yeah, but you know who's really awesome? Our God is awesome. He's transformed us, so we're helping transform others. And people have heard about it. People, look, the mayor heard that we gave out so much food. The mayor recognized us. And we were, one time, Pastor Chuck and I were at a pastor's breakfast that the mayor hosted. And he called us over. And he says, I want to personally thank New Beginnings Church. This is his pastor and the pastor of God's Warehouse because they are impacting our homeless community and our community by giving out over a million pounds of food a year. And I might have been there to receive the praise, but it wasn't my praise. It was everyone because you know what? God shares his glory with all of us. And it's amazing the things that take place. In John 17, verse 22, he says, 
I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. He gives it to us so that we share it together, that we impact together, that we touch lives together, that we do things together. And it brings me to the fifth thing, that our unity is our greatest witness to unbelievers. Our unity is the greatest witness to unbelievers. You know what's really sad is there's so many people that bicker and fight with each other, especially because of social media, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, whatever it is. It's like, oh, my gosh, you see people fighting over some of the dumbest things. It's like, man, well, well, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. I, I talked about it last week. We have communion every single Sunday. Well, we only have it once a month. Well, we only have it every six months. Well, we only have it once a year. It's like, oh, my goodness, quit fighting over it. Come together. Be united. Because we're touching lives because of it. We're helping impact souls because of it. We're trying to minister to people because of it. Our unity is the greatest witness to unbelievers. Last night, we had a service for families that have lost loved ones to violence. Not only gun gun violence, but just any kind of a violent death. And there were several families represented here. And to see the brokenness and to see just the pain. We don't even know the pain that sits in the pews. You don't even know there's people right next to you that they're suffering and going through some of the darkest time of their life. And last night this room was filled with brokenness and just it was so sad. But let me tell you something. The families that were leaving, the majority of them came up to me and they go, Pastor, thank you. Thank you for giving us so much hope. Thank you for showing us so much love. Many of them were not believers and they came to have an impact and a connection with God that we're praying will develop even into something more. You see, we help each other. We witness to each other. We minister to each other. And that's what he wants us to do. The sixth thing is that unity removes fear and creates boldness. It removes fear. We're united. Look, this pandemic has really brought a fear across the world. And look, this pandemic, this new virus strain, it's probably going to be with us from here on out. It's just like a flu. A flu is a virus. Only this virus is like to the 10th degree over a flu, but people die of the flu all the time also. Do you remember we used to have different flus? We had the, the swine flu, and then we had the, the fly flu, and then we had, we had a, oh, we did, we had all kinds of weird flus. And, and it's been every year they go, well, we have a new strain of flu. So that's why they want to give you a new flu shot every year because, because they, they say it's a new strain of flu. Now we have, we have COVID, COVID-19. First it was coronavirus-19. Now it's, now it's Omicron. And, and then it, it was before that it was Delta. And I'm like, my goodness gracious. You know what? I'm just saying that it put fear in people and they retreated to their house. But some have never come out again. And we can't be driven by fear. I understand we use wisdom. Don't get me wrong. There's some of you that are very delicate and you need to stay home. But there's some of you that have not left your house because of fear. You haven't left your house because you're scared to death of what might happen. I know somebody that never has left their house and they got COVID. 
And they're like, how do we get it? They, they thought, well, maybe when they brought the food into them, they didn't clean off the cans and on. And they were cleaning every can and everything. And I'm going, you know what? This stuff is airborne and it's crazy. But we have the Lord that's going to carry us through. We have the Lord that's going to strengthen us. We have the Lord that's going to be with us. Now, we're going to use wisdom. I don't want you coughing all over me. I don't even want you coughing all over me when you're healthy. That's just rude, you know. You're spit flying all over the place. <laughs> you know, it's like, cover your mouth. Cover your mouth. If you're going to sneeze, cover your nose. Cover. It's like, what's wrong with us? But, but don't let fear grip you to the point that you quit living. You see, God's unity, we're together. We're Really? You went to church? Yeah. How was it? You know what? They sanitize that before church starts. They spray all the sanctuary, the restrooms, everything. They even bring a professional team in once every six weeks to do the entire building with the super, supersonic strength sanitizer. And, and, and we do. We want to offer a safe place for you. But you know what? No matter where you are, you might be able to get it. But you know what? We have to have a boldness, not stupidity, but boldness. Some people are like, well, I have faith. They told me I'm supposed to be on oxygen, but I have faith. No, be on oxygen. Be on oxygen. There's nothing wrong with having the support. God believes in medicine. Luke Luke was a doctor. He was a doctor, so Jesus had a doctor with him. And Luke says, man, this dude is the... He's the chief physician. This dude is the doctor of all doctors. And he wrote about that. But we need to understand that unity brings a boldness about us that we're encouraged. And we go right on, right on, right on. Some people are giving knuckles. Some people aren't touching. Some people are elbows. Some people are hugging. Some people are masked. Some people are unmasked. Some people are vaxxed. Some people are unvaxxed. But you know what? We're the body of Christ doing a work for the Lord. In the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 24, it says, When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. We have been praying to God. They said, O sovereign God, O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them. And they started crying out to God and they prayed to God. And I don't have time to read everything in between, but jump down to verse 31 of Acts chapter 4. And it says right there, after this prayer, the meeting place shook. We ought to make this place rock and roll, rattle and shake. And the people go, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. Yeah, they're praying. The army of God is praying. They ought to say, uh, earthquake was reported at New Beginnings Church. The seismic meter was going off the charts. And it wasn't an earthquake, it was a God quake, because God was shaking the impurities out of us and the holiness into us. The meeting place shook, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached the word of God with boldness. Man, we need boldness. A holy boldness that transforms lives. And then number seven, we, when, a, when a church is truly unified... We meet each other's needs. We really meet each other's needs. Look, we gave out all that food. People come and get the food. Some, they don't even believe in God. They even believe in other gods. But you know what? We're not going to say, sorry, sorry, we can't give food to you people. 
You don't believe the God that we believe? Well, you know what? Maybe you see this God loves even your God. And he loves you. But you need to serve the true living God. Like David said up here, he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the only God that transforms lives, that changes hearts, that makes a difference. We need to be unified. We meet each other's needs like that. I'm going to start a support group for all the mourners, all the NFL mourners. So all you Dallas Cowboy fans, you Raider fans, you Steeler fans, you, you Packer fans, you Tennessee Titan fans, on and on and on. <laughs> but aren't you glad it's just football? Guess what? My team lost, but I still live in Jesus. Because my Jesus won, and he's always the champion. Congratulations to all the users that are still in the game. But we meet each other's needs. We give food out. Friday, we had a wedding rehearsal here. And uh, I had had a funeral earlier, and I had a wedding rehearsal. And, and we were closing up shop, and, and this young girl comes. She's got her little three-year-old daughter. Beautiful young lady. Probably 25-ish. And she goes, Pastor, may I speak to you? I go, sure. Take her into the conference room. And she goes, I'm just broken. Never been in this situation before. I lost my job. I don't have any resources. My car had broke down. I used every penny to get the car going. And my baby and I had to sleep in the car last night. We were scared to death. Is there anything you could do? And I said, you know what? I can't rent out hotel rooms anymore because we helped some families before and they totally demolished the room. And they did that three different times, three different families. And we said, as a church, we can't keep paying out tons of money to remodel and refix the room. And that's not good stewardship. So we don't do that anymore. She goes, I've been trying to get a hotel voucher or something. And I go, look, let, him, let me make a phone call. And there's a sister in our church. And, and I called Minister Renee Maez. Her husband, Tomas, is on staff with us. And they have a ministry called Frontline Resurrection Ministry, helping women get off the streets and coming out of prison and coming out of human trafficking and just different situations. I go... Is there anything you could do? Renee, is there anything you could do to help? She goes, I don't know, Pastor. We prayed. The next thing you know, she went to work. She had a date with her husband. Stood him up because she was working for me. Thank you, Tomas. Tomas is waiting at the restaurant, literally going, Renee, I'm working for Pastor. He's like, Ugh. I love that guy, but I'm going to beat him up. You know, it's like. She calls me back, says, Pastor, two things. Number one, call my husband and tell him I'm on my way. Tell him I was doing something for you because they're waiting for me. 
She goes, but we got her a house. We got her lodging. And she's going to be in a program now to get a house. You see, the body of Christ works together. One hand helps the other. And before you know it, we work together. There's some people that believe in ivermectin and they believe in taking antibiotics and zinc and it really helps restore your health from COVID. And there's a, a, a man that has found a connection to buy this at very low cost and he's been putting kits together to give people that have COVID ivermectin and, and zinc and, and antibiotics and people instead of having and going spiraling downward a day later, two days later, they're, they're healthy and they're, they're doing good and, and they recover very quickly. You see, there's people that are working together to make a difference, to impact the lost and dying world, to change the world that we live in. We meet each other's needs. In Acts chapter 4, verse 32, it said, all of the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared it. They shared everything they had. Now, we need you to use wisdom because there's some people that are nothing but a bunch of scammers. And they'll come and con you out of whatever they can, and they're just, shame on them. Let me tell you something. And they walk away thinking, ha, 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 those stupid Christians and that stupid church and that stupid pastor, and they're so dumb. And let me tell you what the Bible says. God will not be mocked. You will reap what you sow. In due season, you will reap what you sow. So use wisdom. Ask God, give me wisdom to help or not help. I don't help every single person. Because some, you know what? You could see the wickedness in them. And you could see that they're they're spitting on God. And I want to show them Jesus. But let me tell you something. I'm not going to let them mock Jesus. Because he is... Our Savior, he's the reason we do what we do. Another thing, number eight, baptism and communion are visible signs of unity. Look, when we get baptized, we get baptized into the body of Christ. We get baptized into his name. We get baptized. The Bible says to those that believe and are baptized, they shall be saved. Now, I was baptized as a baby like probably many of you were. But I didn't believe. I didn't even know. I don't even remember. And I was baptized into my mom and dad's face, but that's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say get baptized in your mom and dad's face. It says to those who believe and are baptized. So I finally came to an understanding where I finally believed, then I got baptized. And when I got baptized, first, I'm going under the water showing my old fleshly life is going to be buried. And now I'm coming into the newness of life and I belong to a church. I belong to God's great army. I belong to his universal church. I belong to the church of the living God. I belong to the church that's going to someday be raptured into his glory. And that's what we say when we get baptized. And we end up saying, Lord, you are mine and I am yours. And you know what? I'm going to try to, my very best to serve you all the days of my life. And communion is also a sign of unity. When we take the bread, we're only taking from one loaf. Oh, we might only each have our own little host. But let me tell you something. That is representing that we all took it from the body of Christ. 
that represents the body. When we take communion, it ought to be a day of festivity, a day of celebration. We ought to be going, yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You died for my sins. You took my shame. You took my blame. You healed my body. You restored my life. You restored my home. Thank you, Lord. It ought to be a time of celebration. Do this in remembrance of me. And then you take the juice, the fruit of the vine, and you say, thank you, Lord, because you rose. You didn't stay in the tomb. You rose. And you sealed your promise that you're coming back with your blood. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for your promise. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, some of us are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. 1 Corinthians 10, 16 and 17. And when we bless the cup of the Lord's table, aren't we sharing the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing the body of Christ? And though we are many, we all eat from one loaf of bread, showing that we are all one body. So when we have communion, people go, wow, man, you guys do this. Wow, how do you do it? Yeah, because we're part of the body of Christ. We're celebrating his death and resurrection. We're celebrating our life that we have because of him. We are sharing the things he's done for us and the things he's doing for us and the thing he's going to continue to do. See, we're able to share that. Number nine, we need to be focusing on common purpose. Focusing on our common purpose creates unity. When we have the same vision, like I said, new beginnings, we reach up, reach in, reach out. We reach up to the Lord. That's why we worship. That's why we have music to come in here and to celebrate and say, God, thank you. That is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That's right. That is who you are. That's my God. That's your God. That's our God. We worship together. Today we did it bilingually. We sang in Spanish and then in English. But you know what? I've traveled around the world. I've sang where they were, well, I didn't sing. I was just listening and, and coming, just worshiping with them. But they were singing in Swahili there in Africa. I've been in, in Central America and South America and Mexico, and they're worshiping in Spanish. I've, they've been somewhere they worshiped in Portuguese. I've been up in Canada where they worshiped in French. I've been out in, in the Holy Land where they worshiped in, in, in Hebrew. I, I've been in different places where they worship different ways, but I'm telling you, they only worship one God. You see, we worship the King of Kings, the King of Glory. We worship who He is, and we focus on our common purpose, and that is that a united church transforms a divided world. He came to change the world. He came to change it through us. And 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, he says, I appeal to you, my dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. 
Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. We divide over some of the dumbest things. I can't believe women come in pants. There's some churches that don't allow women to wear pants. There's some churches that don't allow women to wear jewelry. There's some churches that don't allow women to cut their hair or do anything to their hair. My saying is if the house needs painting, paint it. Look the best you can. Just look the best you can. But but you know what? We get we get all divided over the craziest things. What's wrong with us? God forgive us. Forgive us. The the tenth thing I want to say is that unity brings I mean begins when we realize we need each other. Do you understand we need each other? I need you. And you need me. And we need each other. You have giftings that I don't. You, I have giftings that you don't. But together, we come a great force. Some of us have multi-talents. Uh, some of us just have one talent. But let me tell you something. Together, we become this amazing body of Christ that transforms the city of Albuquerque, Bernalillo County, the state of New Mexico, the country of America, and the world that we live in. Amen. Unity. We start realizing we can't do it on our own. We need each other. I need every other congregation in town that is a Christ-believing congregation just as much as they need us. You see, we need each other. We need to quit isolating each other. We need to quit getting this elite spirit. I'm better than you. Maybe someday you'll be as spiritual as me. Man, I don't want to be like you. I'm sorry. (laughs) I want to be like him. I don't want your sorry attitude. Somebody put a meme that they showed me. And it said, for all of you that are gossiping about me, I hope now you'll start praying for me so that I can be perfect like you. (laughs) And I thought, I don't want to be like them. (laughs) But hear me. We need to focus on building each other up. We need to realize we need each other. We need each other. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20 and 21. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And on and on and on. We need each other. We want each other. We have each other. Let's act like it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20 and 21, it says, yes, there are many parts, but only one body. Chapter 12, verse 25, it makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for who? Each other. Verse 26 and 27, I'm still in 1 Corinthians 12. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, we're all glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Let me tell you the sad thing. Some people have walked away from the body. Some people have walked away from 
congregation. And you know what? You could function without a finger. But you know what? Life is so much better with all of them. You could function without an eye. But life is so much better with both of them. You could function without your spleen. You could function. You got my point. But you know what? God didn't intend for us to function without it. He called us to be one so that we might show the world that Jesus Christ lives. And I bring you to the 11th thing we need to show. That Jesus died to unite, not divide. He called us together. He called us into unity. Quit making these lines in the sand. I belong to Peter. I belong to Cephas. I belong to Paul. I belong, I belong, I belong. You know what? We belong to Jesus. Jesus Christ, the risen King. Jesus Christ, the Savior. Jesus Christ, who suffered, died, and was buried, but on the third day rose again and is coming back for his church. That's who we belong to. He didn't come to set all these different groups. I mean, really, I really, really mean it. Look, if I go, cowboys, yay, and then there's others that go, boo, right? It's weird. It's just a stupid game. But we get all shook up and all. You know what? We do the same thing with the church. And the youth did did real good. You know, the youth, the youth, they just talk about the youth. What about the children's department? They did real good. Oh, the children's department, the children's department. What about our old men's department? What about the old ladies' department? We have a women's group. We have a men's group. We have a men's breakfast. Why don't they talk about that? Oh, the men's breakfast, men's breakfast. When are the women going to have a breakfast? We ha- are you with me? Oh, my goodness gracious. Get over it. Let's be united, not divided. Ephesians 2.16, he says this. Together, as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. He's talking about the Gentiles and the Jews. And he's saying, man, there was a time you guys couldn't even talk with each other. There was a time you couldn't even talk the Samaritans with the Jewish people. There was a time in America where the blacks couldn't even be with the whites, Hispanics couldn't even be with the whites, and on and on and on. But let me tell you something, man. God has set us free, and we are now one. And there's still some people that are all weird in their thinking, but we as the living church show that we're united and not divided, and by being united, we're going to change this whole city around. Amen? Bring me the last thing I want to say is that Jesus expects us to work really hard at unifying Christians. He wants us to work hard to bring Christians together and to keep Christians together and to not be backbiting and not be talking about each other and hurting each other. Because you know what? If we as congregations can't get along with other congregations, what do you think the world is saying? Good, look at those Christians. They just sit there and badmouth each other. And you want me to be a part of that? (laughs) You see what I mean? He wants us to be part of something supernatural. He wants us to be part of something that as Christians, we are working together. We're locking arms. And even though we might not see eye to eye and everything, the chain will not be broken. We're going to be united. Ephesians 4.3 says it this way. 
Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Be, be uh, being, binding yourselves together with peace. Man, Lord, bind us together. Those used to be a song way back in the early 80s. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Man, that's what we need to be. This great force that nothing could break it apart. Colossians 2.2 says, I want them to be encouraged and knit together with strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. Colossians 3.14 says, above all, everything I've told you above all of that, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And God wants us to be united. He wants us to be a force to reckon with. He wants us to be a family, a united force that is transforming this city and transforming our community, our county and surrounding counties, that's transforming this state, that's transforming this nation, that's transforming this world to come to know the risen King, Jesus Christ. But we have to be that model to a lost and dying world. We've got to be united not only in here, but outside these four walls with other Christian churches. And I haven't forgot about you all at home. We love you, and we're still connected with you. Thank you for connecting with us, because we're still connected with you, and we love you. And we're glad you're still part of this congregation. We understand some of you just can't be here, but we love you and we want you to continue to journey with us because we are a force that God has put together. And those applause are because you are here with us. Oh, you might be there, but you are right here. So God wants to do a work. But he wants you to be part of that movement. He wants you to be a Christian. He wants you to follow the Lord. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, let's start there. If anyone has not given their life to Jesus and wants to, just raise your hand. Anyone over here? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Anyone over here? Anyone over here? How about over here? Well, praise God. Those of you that raised your hand, you want to say this prayer, stand to your feet. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to know you want to stand to receive and say, that's right. That's me. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So let's say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, today I confess that I'm a sinner and I need a Jesus to forgive me, a Savior, a Redeemer, a friend. Forgive me of all my sins and welcome me into your family. Transform my life. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Hey, would you make your way up here to say hello? Would you make your way up here? I just want to celebrate with you. If you stood up and said that prayer, make your way up here real quick. I just want to celebrate with you. Brother, I'm excited for you, man. 
We got some stuff for you. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. We celebrate. Would you stand to your feet? I don't know where you stand right now. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're up against. But what I do know is this. That if you need prayer for anything, maybe you just were diagnosed with something. Maybe you're going through a difficult time. I just want you to know if you need prayer, please come up. We have a team that wants to pray with you. I just love that song. Man, he is a way maker. He is a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. Oh, that's our God. That's our God. Oh, let him transform your life. Sing it out, would you? Aquí está, debemos mover, te adoraré, te adoraré. Aquí está, obrando en mí, te adoraré, te adoraré.
Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, we pray that your spirit fall upon us to heal, restore, and make that way where, Lord, there seems to be no way. Father God, your word said it. We're going to believe it. We're going to claim it. We're going to agree, and we're going to see it manifest in our family, in our life, and in our home. Father God, we believe, Heavenly Father, that you hold all things in your hand. That all good things come from above. Father, shower us with your blessing. Shower us with your mercy. Shower us with your spirit. Father God, for those at home right now, let them surrender completely to you. Let them feel your presence right now. And like the song says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Father God, you are doing a work right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for what you've begun. That which has been started right now, God, I pray that you bring the completion in the name of Jesus Christ. We love you, we bless you, we worship you, and we pray in Christ's glorious, glorious name. And God's people said, Amen. Encourage somebody on the way out. Let them know that you'll be praying for them. Let them know that you're standing with them. God bless you, church. We'll see you Wednesday night.